Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. And where we were two weeks ago, we're going to conclude that service this morning. Where we were, where we've been really since Vision Sunday. And on Vision Sunday, I announced that I'm praying that 2021 will be a year of, of, a, a year of renewal for us. And some things that either got stopped or kind of got hindered or whatever, the shutdown, COVID gave all of us a chance to take a step back, to take inventory of our lives because everything that was on our calendars was no longer on our calendars anymore. And really for the first time, probably in almost all of our lives, if you had travel plans, you didn't have them anymore. And job situations changed and school situations changed and church situations changed. About a year ago right now, I was preaching to a camera and there was nobody in the auditorium. And it allowed all of us to take a step back and say, okay, what are my priorities? What is my purpose? What matters most in my life? And I I did that with our church staff. We did that. And we took a look and said, okay, what are we doing that we need to to bolster? We need to do more of? And what are we doing that really, in the big scheme of things, might be not the best stewardship of our time, our resources, our finances, our schedule as a church family? And so on Vision Sunday, I talked about a year of renewal. And I, and I, I shared with you our renewed purpose. It's not a new purpose. And we're talking about the purpose of our church. Why do we exist? It's not a new purpose. It's not like for 44 and a half years, we were doing the wrong thing and had no idea why we existed. But really looking at it and clarifying it and crystallizing it, making sure that all of us as a church family, that it's a part of our DNA, if you will, we understand as a church why we are here. Our purpose is our why. And by the way, the church is not the building or the staff. The church is us. We are the church. We gather together as the church. I'll say it sometimes, oh, I'm going to church. But the truth of the matter is, we don't go to church. We gather as the church. This is a building. This building is not the church. You and I are the church. So when I say the purpose of the church, I'm talking about you. Why are you here as a Christian? What is your purpose as a believer? And we must understand our purpose. Every church must know their why. Why do they exist? What is their purpose? The reality is every corporation must know their why. Uh, Several years ago, there was a pretty popular business book that was put out that was entitled Start With Why. And he was talking about that as businesses and business leaders, we must understand our purpose and those we serve with or those that work with us, they must understand why do we come to work every day? And if we don't understand our why, we're not gonna be the passionate employees or the, the effective corporations that we should be. Well, the same is true with the church. We should start with why. We need to understand our why. Every Christian needs to know their why. Why did God leave you here? Uh, the, The most sold Christian book of the 21st century behind the Bible was written by a pastor here in Orange County. It's entitled The Purpose Driven Life. That book sold more than 35, has uh, to date has sold more than 35 million copies. To find a Christian book aside from the Bible that has sold more, you have to go to something that's, that, that was written 50, 75, 100 years ago. Why did that book sell so many copies? Why did it resonate, the, the, the idea, the title, resonate with so many people? Why? Because people want to know their life has 
purpose. Why am I here? Is this all there is, the rat race? I just, I'm spinning in this hamster wheel and going to work every day and doing my, and is there any significance to my life? Why am I here? What is my purpose? Where do we find as a church and as Christians find our purpose? We need to find it in scripture. That's where we ought to find it. And, and we must understand God's plan and purpose for our existence here. And so, not counting last Sunday, I've preached five Sunday mornings of the new year. I've preached on our renewed purpose. I'm going to do a little review and see if any of you remember that far back. If you remember, we've talked about, I've preached uh, through all four parts of our church's renewed purpose. They're action verbs. And let's see if, by way of review, if you can remember where we're at. The first one comes from the Great Commission. Why as Christians are we here? Why as a church are we here? Number one, we are here to what, church? To share the gospel. To share the gospel. That's why the church exists. By the way, that wasn't just, again, given to a building. That was given to the disciples, the followers of Christ. What did Jesus say to them? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. What did he say in Acts chapter number one, verse number eight? And ye shall be, what? Witnesses unto me. Why do we exist? We're not just a religious social club or country club. We're not just here so that your children can have an alternative to the public school. And we're not just here to, to babysit your kids so that you can sing some songs that make you feel good. Why do we gather weekly and why do we exist as a church? And what is one of our main purposes as Christians to share the gospel, the second part of our purpose? So once you get saved, is that it? People are saved, the church is done. No. There, it doesn't stop there. Well, I got saved. I never need to go back to church again. I don't need to be a, be a part of the church any longer. I, I, I fulfilled my purpose. I got saved. I trusted Christ as Savior. By the way, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, don't leave today without letting somebody show you from the Bible, answering any questions you might have, and, and make sure that you know for sure that if you were to die, that heaven would be your home. But then what? Is that the end of God's plan for his followers? Is just salvation? No, no. The second part of our church purpose is to talk to me. What is it? To grow in the gospel. What did he say? After teach, uh, preach the gospel, baptizing them. And then he said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. It's not over once somebody gets saved. It's a lifelong journey, but grow in grace. Grow in the knowledge of our Lord. To grow in Christ. To grow grow in the gospel, teaching them to observe all things. And then there, so we're growing and we're, we're saved, we're growing. But then we talked about a few weeks ago, number three, the third part of our purpose is, anybody remember? Connect through the gospel. The Christian life was not intended to be lived in isolation. It was intended, we're here to pray with one another, to weep with one another, to laugh with one another, to rejoice with one another, to edify one another, to care for one another. I, I just saw while I was preaching, Brother Ramel, I got a text this morning that your dad went to heaven this week. Well, Ramel is here, and, and those of us that know that we ought to pray for them for comfort and grace and, and a word of encouragement and a, and, a, and a word of kindness as you know somebody's walking through a valley and somebody has a, has a great victory in their lives. The Christian life was not, and we saw that in Acts chapter number one and two. What did the believers, the early church do? They had all things common. They were in each other's houses uh, day to day. They were daily from house to house. They were learning the word together. They were helping each other. They were scared, to, scared together. They were excited together. They prayed together. They cried together. They laughed together. The church is intended. You ought to be connecting through the gospel. 
In American Christianity, we've, we've made it a little bit where it's a consumer experience. We come, we're blessed, we leave, and we just kind of live our Christian lives in isolation. I preached a whole message on it, but that's a dangerous thing. And then two Sunday mornings ago, I preached the fourth part of our purpose. We are to what? To live the gospel. Really, in some ways, the first three are a little bit, are kind of inward. I share the gospel is outward, but I'm talking about personally, we receive Christ. That's an inward decision. That's a personal decision. Then we grow in the gospel. We're learning. We're, we're receiving the gospel and, and the teachings and the doctrines of the word of God. That's inward. Connecting through the gospel. Yes, that's outward, but it's also I'm, I'm gaining relationships and my life is, is, is being enhanced, if you will, in those ways. But to live the gospel, the Christian life was not just meant to be a consumer experience or a consumer transaction. We're to take what we've been given and live it and share it and go out. I want you to notice all four parts of our purpose, they, they have a common denominator. All four of them share the gospel and grow in the gospel and connect through the gospel and live the gospel. All four of them, the common denominator is what? Talk to me, church. It's the the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And churches sometimes unite around all kinds of craziness. And sometimes we'll, we'll unite around a personality and a strong leader. And we'll unite around this, this, this philosophy. We'll unite around this kind of hobby horse or this political uh, issue of the day. May I just say the purpose of the church, we ought to be united around the good news that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again. That is what unites us. What unites us is not the, the color of our hair or the color of our skin or the, the, the country of origin or the, the college that we went to or didn't go to. What unites us is the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. That is uh, the purpose of our church around which everything else revolves. So I've preached for five weeks on our why. And may I say, I would be surprised if there's any member of our church that disagrees with that being the purpose of the church or the purpose of the believer. I'd be surprised if you don't think, I think you're wrong, Pastor Ryan. I don't think the, the church exists to share the gospel or to grow in the gospel or to connect through the gospel or to live the gospel. I don't think any of us, I would be surprised if there's any of us that would argue. Now you might add other purposes. There might be other things you can find in the Bible that the church does and functions as, but I don't think anybody would say, that's definitely not biblical, Pastor Ryan. That's not what the church should be doing. I think we all agree on our why, but today's message, and this will be the final message in this series, next Sunday, we'll jump back into the book of Acts, going verse by verse through the book of Acts. We're about, we're more than halfway through with that book. But we have to go beyond the why, which is our purpose, and we have to get to our how. The how is our process. And with the church staff, we said, okay, this is our purpose, but this also needs to be our process. As people come to our church, are we structuring the, the ministries and the programs and the, the operations of the church in such a way that people can fulfill this purpose through the ministry of our church? And I want to talk to you about that today. It's going to be a very practical message. We're going to read some scripture. It's not an expositional Bible study today. We'll be back in that next week. Today is a practical message. And if you're a guest and you're visiting, I'd welcome you to come back next week. I think today will be a help to you. But today is a very practical application for our church family, each member to consider how am I doing in fulfilling my why? And today that is the message. How do we accomplish our why? The why is our purpose. The how is our process. How do we accomplish our why? It's been said, a goal without a plan is just a wish. 
I've got this goal. I'm going to run a marathon. That's a, I don't think anybody here would say, that's a really bad goal, Pastor Ryan. That's a really bad goal. You shouldn't run a marathon. Now, maybe some of you, it, it sounds painful, but I think that, that would be healthy for you. That would, that would be, that's, a, that's an admirable goal to push yourself towards. That sounds great. And I could tell you that today. And I could tell you that next Sunday. And every Sunday that I see you, I could stand up and say, I just want you to know, I still have the goal to run a marathon. Oh, well, Pastor Ryan, did you, did you, uh, did you go for a walk last week? No. No, 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 no. Netflix came out with a great new show that I had to watch. And, and there was all, and, and then next, a month from now, Pastor Ryan, what's your, what's your goal? What's one of the big things you want to accomplish in 2021? I want to run a marathon. Oh, so did you get a treadmill at home? No, I don't, I don't need a treadmill. Did you get a gym membership? No. Did you buy any running shoes? No. Have you been running at all? No. Guess what? Am I going to run a marathon? It's a good goal, but the reality is all it is is just a wish or a dream. If there is no process, if my goal is to run a marathon, which it's not really, but it would be cool if I could do it without having all the hard work to do it. But if my goal is to run a marathon, guess what? I'm going to have to go buy some running shoes. And I'm either going to have to go on runs or walks or get a treadmill or go to the gym. I'm going to have to do, there has to be some sort of process to get me to that goal. It's not going to happen by me just saying week after week, my goal is to run a marathon. And may I say, uh, there are Christians all across the country, and I've been, I've been that Christian at times. And there are churches all across the country and around our world that say our purpose is to share the gospel. My purpose as a Christian is to grow in the gospel. My purpose is to connect through the gospel. My purpose is to live the gospel. Boy, those are great goals for a believer and for a church. How are we doing in growing in any of those areas? And today I want to talk to you. Yes, every believer has a responsibility individually to make some decisions to do these things on their own. But I want to talk to you a little bit about what the structure of that, what we're going to strive to make the structure of that look like to accomplish that purpose. Would you turn with me this morning to Romans chapter number 12? Romans chapter number 12. Each individual this morning, I want you to ask yourself, how am I going to do those four things? And then as a church, we've talked with our staff, and I want to do my best to structure our schedule, our programs, our finances to help encourage and fulfill those four purposes. I want to talk to you about some of the ways we're going to seek to accomplish this in the coming year of 2021. Romans chapter number 12, what I'd like to do is read the entire chapter, probably one of the richest chapters. We read this in the 830 service, and one man that was in that service came to me afterwards, and he said, I decided this morning I'm going to, put, I'm going to commit that chapter to memory. So much truth, so many, so many powerful truths here. And what I'd like to do, I'm going to read verse 1, and then I'm going to ask you to join me in reading verse 2 aloud. Then I'll read verse 3 alone, and then you join me in verse 4. You read all of the even verses. We'll read responsively through the end of the chapter. If you're on an app or a tablet and you'd like to follow along, I'll be reading from the King James Version of the Bible this morning. And we'll read, you'll read the even verses aloud with me. I'll read the odd verses uh, there. And we'll go from verse 1 to the end of verse 21. Notice the Bible says in Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, 
and all members have not. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministry, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affectioned, in honor, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, Give him drink, for in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Paul writing to these Christians, and we notice what he says here in verses five and six. He said, We being, verses four and five, we being many are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. He talks a lot about the fact that the Christian life, the, the plan for God's church is that we're all working together. We can accomplish way more when we work together than if I had been sitting in a room by myself trying to assemble Bibles. When hundreds of people come together and give of their time and their talents and their resources, we can accomplish a whole lot together. And he said, Every one of you has different gifts. He talks about some of the spiritual gifts here. And he says, I want you to use it. And, and we're not going to take the time for the sake of time. I'm not going to go through this chapter, but you see much of our purpose in here, sharing the gospel and then growing in the gospel and then connecting through the gospel. You're all one member, but have unity, be of the same mind, connect together and then living the gospel. Do you see how many action verbs are given to the Christian here? Then he talks about distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality, bless them which persecute you. Rejoice, be of the same mind, be kindly affectioned, serve the Lord, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing in prayer. If, you're a, if you're, your gift is ministry, then minister. If you're a teacher, then teach. If you're an encourager, then encourage. If you're a giver, you do it with simplicity. Let him that rule it, that, that gift of administration, be with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness as God is giving you, use those gifts and use them for my glory. He talks about the fact that I, I don't want, basically, if I had to summarize a lot of what he's saying here, he's telling them the Christian life is not a passive consumer experience. It's an active contributor experience. The Christian life is not intended to be one that we sit there, receive, feel a little better, leave, and go do what we want. I use the illustration in the 830 service. If you, were to go to, if you go to a restaurant today, 
What is that? If you go to a restaurant for lunch today after church, that's a passive consumer experience. You're going to go, you're going to sit down. Do you have to go to the grocery store and buy any of the groceries? Do you have to do any food prep? Do you have, nope. Do you have to do, you have to do any, any, any cooking? Do you have to do any plating, any serving, any cleanup? You don't vacuum, you don't, and that's one reason we like restaurants, right? We get to enjoy the labor of a lot of other people. We enjoy the fruits of their labor. A family provide, prepares a meal. Last night in our home, we had a, we had a meal, and guess what happened there? Uh, my wife and I, on Thursday, we, my day off, we were at Costco, and we bought some chicken wings there, and we bought some of the food there, and, and so we had to go out and actively go and find food and bring it back, and then uh, my wife put all that stuff away on Thursday, and then yesterday, she got what was needed out. We tried for the first time our air fryer, and I don't know if, you have, if any of you have an air fryer, any of you? It's still a little better with real grease, but it's all right, and... Uh, and we, we did that, and she got the right appliances out and all the food prep, and then somebody in our family set the table, and, and then the food was prepared. And then afterwards, the kids helped clean up and do the dishes and put things away. What was that? That was a family working together. Our meal there was an active contributor experience. We were working together to provide a meal for our family. What is Paul saying here? Christianity is not a passive consumer experience. I fear that too often in our churches, we've kind of dumbed Christianity down to that. Let me find the church that I can go. I hear the message I like. They sing the songs I like. I feel good. I get uplifted and I go out and do whatever I want to do. No, God wants us to connect and to, and to contribute there. So how are we going to accomplish these things? And I've got to go quickly now. What is our how, our process? Number one, the first is to share the gospel to share the gospel. That's our purpose, but it's also our process. How are we going to accomplish that? I want to give you three thoughts. Number one, through our personal witness, go and tell. We have tracks out on tables in the lobby out here. I'd encourage you to grab some. And you know that what, what God wants all of us to be, he wants us to be active personal witnesses. If anybody follows you on social media, would they have any idea that you're a believer? Are you ever sharing the love of Christ in any way? A Bible verse, a, 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 something, a, a message that helped you, a song, or whatever it might be? What is that if you are, you're going and telling, you're using your influence to share the good news of Jesus Christ? You're sharing, you can do it through social media. At work, do your coworkers have any idea that you're a Christian? You can take gospel tracts and, 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 and again, you'll have to know your works policies and all of those things, but as you, as you have opportunity, opportunity. You can let somebody know, hey, um, I prayed for you or whatever it might be and, and have a conversation at the lunch hour with folks about spiritual things and your neighbors, you might put together at a holiday, a little gift bag or some cookies and a gospel track. When you go to Starbucks to get your, your coffee, you might talk to the barista or at the doctor's office. You're there and you have a tract in your, in your purse or in your pocket and you leave it with them and you say, on the back of that, there are some verses that talk about how you can know when you die, you'll go to heaven. If you have any questions about that, I'd I'd love to talk with you about that. What is that? What, and it's, it's a good thing for a church to have some organized times for that, but it's an even better thing if you have a church family that that is their life. And you say, I, I agree. The church should share the gospel. We all agree on the why. How are you doing on the how? When was the last time you shared the gospel? 
When was the last time you passed the gospel tract? When was the last time you gave somebody a good word? When was the last time you spoke the name of Jesus outside of the four walls of the church? None of us, I don't think, disagree with the why, but how are we doing with the how? But, but go and tell work, family, neighbors, social media, uh, the strangers, folks at the store, uh, tracks, post about what God is doing, share services, all of those things. Secondly, not only personal witness, but corporate outreach. And when I say corporate, I'm not talking about business. I mean together as a church family, corporately, uh, that togetherness and opportunities for us to say most of the time, what is our corporate outreach? It is us saying, come and see. So personal witness is you're going and telling people of Christ. Often our corporate outreach is come and see. Easter's coming up in about a month and we'll have uh, six weeks, something like that. And we'll have uh, Easter invitations. And, and what are we saying? We're, we're saying, would you go to your circle of influence and tell people, come and see what God has done for me. Come and see this Savior that I serve. I, I want you to hear the gospel of Jesus preached. And Pastor Ryan, what should a church be doing? Going and telling or coming, saying, come and see? Yes. We have VBS. What is VBS? And we go out on Canvas and we, we advertise and we, we get the word out. What are we doing? We're saying, we want your kids to come and see who Jesus is. Come to the church. By the way, with come and see, every Sunday is an opportunity for you to invite somebody to join you in church to come and see the ways that Christ has impacted your life. Our Sunday services, now I hope that they feed the believers, but they're not just for believers. You know what they are? They're opportunities for us to have a corporate outreach to invite people to say, come and see who Jesus is. Corporate outreach, that personal witness, go and tell. Corporate outreach, come and see. 9-11 this year uh, is the 20th anniversary and we're putting, making plans. We're trying to make it a big day of remembrance, but also we want to bring in one of the, uh, there aren't a lot of them alive still, but a, a Medal of Honor winner and, and, and Lord willing, he's going through cancer treatments right now. If his health allows, he'll be here. Why are we doing that? Just so that our church family can have a, a feel-good patriotic service, kind of remember what happened 20 years ago to our country and hear a cool story from a, a, a believer that had this amazing military career. Now, I hope you enjoy it, but that's not the main priority. That's not why all the finances and investment and planning, we planned this over a year ago as we looked at the calendar. What was it? It was, there's a, a, a hook, an opportunity that we can use to share the gospel with our community. And you then have an, a reason with coworkers and neighbors that maybe you've invited and they, they wouldn't come to a normal service or you've talked about Christ and they said, I don't want to talk about that anymore. And maybe you know they, they were in the military or they, they, they have, know somebody that was or they're just interested and they love America, whatever it might be. And it gives you a chance to say, don't miss it. Hey, come on September 12th. My church is having this Medal of Honor winner. Come, you want to hear a story? And what is that? That's the church. We get, Lord willing, we'll have scores or dozens, I'm sorry, dozens or scores or maybe hundreds of first-time guests. And what are we trying to do? Share the gospel. As we have opportunities for corporate outreach, get involved in those. We say, hey, we're having Easter. We're, we're going to go campus and area, invite people for Easter. Come down on a Saturday and give a few hours. What is, why? That is our purpose, our why, our how is. As a church family, we get together. The bus ministry, each and every week, people serve on that on Saturdays and Sundays. What are they doing? They're going to neighborhoods, yes, telling of Christ, but they're saying, come and see. We'll bring you to church so that you can learn of Jesus Christ. And there might be some here today that say, I'd like to get involved in the bus ministry. Why? My purpose is to share the gospel, and that gives me a weekly way to go and bring people to church so they can hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Not only our personal witness and our corporate outreach, but our missions program. Go ye 
into all the world and preach the gospel. Our worldwide missions program, every October we have three or four days of missions emphasis. Why? We want to keep our people uh, burdened about and understanding about and, and aware of the need for the gospel to share the gospel around the world. We challenge through our faith missions, faith promise missions giving. I challenge our church every year to give a portion of your income directly to missions. Why? Because I get rich off of that? Zero. Our church gets better buildings off of that? Absolutely not. Zero cents of any missions dollars that are given go to the operations or work of this ministry. But Paul said when you give to missions work, it's fruit that abounds to your account. So if your purpose is to share the gospel with the world, one of the ways you can do that, it's not the only way, but one of the ways you can do that is to give regularly to missions. So why do we have a missions extravaganza? Why all that effort and that energy and that work? Well, what, is that, what does that do for us in Orange County? It's not just about what it does for us in Orange County. It goes back to our purposes to preach the gospel with the world. Our why, so our, our how, we have short-term missions trips that our church goes on annually, generally speaking. And, and you might be involved in saying, God, do you want me to go plant another church or go to a foreign field? I don't know what your how is, but I know that your why, you're supposed to share the gospel, and I am too. And one of the, three of the hows is, am I a personal witness? Am I involved in the corporate outreach of our church? Do I have any part in worldwide missions work? If the answer to any of those is no, what I want to challenge you with our renewed purpose is, let's get more involved in that in the coming year. Let's say, God, you're, you're talking to me about, I need to be a more of a personal witness. God, I need to get plugged in more to the corporate outreach of events and, and programs of our church. God, I need to have pray more for our missionaries and give more. Maybe consider going to a mission field on a short-term trip or maybe all of that. And, and here's the question for all, all of us. Are we involved in all three of these? By the way, I would suggest to you that every believer should be involved in all three of those. When was the last time we shared the gospel or invited somebody to come and see or did something for missions? Number two, our, our purpose is share the gospel. Our purpose is also to grow in the gospel. How are we going to do that? How are we going to grow in the gospel? I would suggest to you, structurally speaking, with the church structure, the best possible way for you to grow in the gospel through Liberty Baptist Church is a commitment to regular attendance to multiple weekly services. Let me say that again. A commitment to regular attendance to multiple weekly services. I was in Kansas last week and Pastor Tyler stood up to speak to his church and they're, they're actually, I didn't know it, they're doing a similar thing. He just took over the church a year ago. Um, he had been on staff for about a decade and they're, they're kind of doing a renewed, renewed purpose and he's preaching through it in their church. And he used the statement in their growth steps or their process. He used the statement he said as it relates to church attendance. He said, the more you go, the more you'll grow. I thought that was a great statement. Very simple, but so very true. And yes, and by the way, growing in the gospel, I preached a whole message on it and I challenged you to personally have personal Bible time and personal study and podcasts. I gave you some ideas and, and preaching in your life. And I think that's very, very important to grow in the gospel, but that shouldn't be the only thing. And I would say that I've been attending multiple corporate gatherings of the church every week in my local church for more than 32 years. I would say, in my opinion, there is no better way that I know of to grow in every facet of the Christian life than to faithfully involve yourself in the full life of your local church. I want you to think about this statement. In my opinion, 
There is no better way to grow in every facet of the Christian life than to faithfully involve yourself in the full life of your local church. You, you come on Sunday mornings and listen and leave. I think that's beneficial. I hope you're helped. I hope it's, but there's more you could be helped by. There's more, that you, more ways you could be growing, more ways that God could be molding you and growing you through his church. By the way, you sit at home and read your Bible for an hour and study for an hour. That is awesome. I, I challenge you to connect with, with scripture at least four times a week. I read that study a few weeks ago about the power of four as it relates to our relationship to the word of God. I, I'm not saying that all of your growth needs to happen at 1000 Bison Avenue, all of your spiritual growth. I'm not, the, I'm not the Baptist Pope that you have to come to me to pray to God and I've got to take your request up there. I don't, conf- I don't forgive your sins. You don't need to confess them to me. I'm not saying we're, we, we don't, we, that, that you can only grow inside these walls. It's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, it, as I have seen in my experience, to study on your own is going to draw you closer to God and it's going to teach you more about his word. But you know what you can't do as you study on your own? You can't help one another. You can't pray with one another. You can't sing together as we sang this morning. There's something, I can sing by myself and it's great. There's something about corporate worship. You you can't weep with those that are weeping and rejoice with those that are rejoicing as it says here when if you're holed up in your bedroom reading your Bible for hours at a time. I'm not against you holding yourself up in your bedroom reading your Bible for hours at a time. What I'm saying, and I talked about it a few weeks ago, you can go back and listen. What I'm saying is we need each other. I'm thankful for many online church services. Not all, not all of them are preaching truth, but I'm thankful for many of them. I'm thankful for many television preachers. Again, not all. I'm thankful for many Christian books and podcasts, and those can be wonderful contributors to our Christian growth. But there is something about truly plugging into the weekly life of a local church as an active participant, not a fringe spectator. Isn't that what he said here in this? He said, we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. What is he saying? Plug in together, grow together, help each other, encourage each other, edify each other, correct each other, and grow together as a Christian. If you're not plugged into the life of a local church, you're missing out on much of what God wants for you in your Christian experience. If you don't believe me, I'd encourage you just to try it. If you're not in the habit of maybe coming, and I understand everybody's schedules are a little different and we're going through a unique season right now. So this is not a manipulation or a guilt trip, but if you're not in the habit of coming back on a Sunday evening, I'd encourage you to try it for maybe three months. I promise you, I I can't wait to preach tonight. I'm preaching on toxic leadership. Doesn't have to define you, part two. I can't wait. The, the, The truths of scripture for our message tonight for me are so powerful. I believe if you're struggling with maybe some hurts of somebody that something someone's done to you, I believe you'll see some powerful truths for your spirit and your response to that hurt in your life. Try coming on a Sunday night for a few months or maybe a Wednesday night. We have Wednesday night Bible studies and we maybe, I'll talk about in just a minute, restructuring some of that. But, but Wednesday night, uh, come, come there and there's youth group and there's master's clubs and there's discipleship and there's Bible study. Pastor Sammy will be preaching his third week, uh, his third message on the series of prayer on Wednesday night. I had somebody this morning out in the lobby, came to the 830 service and he said, I was having a rough day this week. And he said, I went online and I listened to one of Pastor Sammy's messages on prayer. He said, I was helped so much and encouraged so much. I promise you, the more you go, the more you'll grow. 
I don't get commission for our attendances on Sunday night. There's not some, some denominational headquarters that I'm reporting to. Oh, we had a 10% increase in Sunday night attendance. All right, Pastor Ryan, you get a raise. That's not how this works. This isn't about, this is about, I really believe one of the reasons we've structured our schedule the way we have is to give us multiple opportunities to grow. I'm almost done. Let me finish it up. Number one, share the gospel. How? Personal witness, corporate outreach, missions program. Number two, connect, I'm sorry, grow in the gospel. How? Corporately speaking, through faithful attendance to multiple weekly services. Number three, connect through the gospel. Connect through the gospel. In the past, how have we done this? We've done this by serving together. We had our adult Bible studies. They were called connection groups. We've had fellowships. Uh, We've had potlucks. COVID kind of canceled potlucks for, for forever, maybe. I don't know. Everybody doesn't want everyone to bring their own food from their own house. We don't, we don't quite know how they prepared it and what happened there, if they wore gloves or not. How many of you are potluck fans? You like potlucks. Let me just see. You, like, you don't care if they had cat hair and if they didn't wash their hands before. Just adds to the flavor, right? My wife is a little more OCD on that stuff. I say it's good for the immune system. Just go for it. Just jump in. So I'm a little more on the potluck side. My wife, not so much. How many of you are like my wife? It grosses you out a little bit. You don't really like to eat food that you don't know. A few of you, more potluck people, tell us it's a Baptist church, more that are in favor of potlucks than those that aren't. And uh, you don't care. Give me that casserole with, with whatever flavors came off that counter right there. Moira, are you a potluck person or not a potluck? No, nope, no. Nope. She's, she's covering her mouth right there. Like I can't imagine eating that casserole. What gross things are in there? Here's the reality in the last 12 months. From a church structure perspective, we've had very little opportunities for connection. We don't have our Bible studies going right now. We, we, haven't, we've, we haven't had a lot of potlucks. We've had a few meals and a few fellowships, but not a lot. And that's not good. One of the, one of the things we've seen in this shutdown is, is how dangerous it is mentally, emotionally, spiritually to be isolated. What did God say about Adam when he created him? He said, I made Adam. He said, it's not good that he's alone. He was created for relationship. He was created for fellowship. He was created for community. And so what is that going to look like? I want to, I want to let you know that, that in our church, we're going to be revamping our entire ministry structure as it relates to the connection and involvement of our membership. Pastor Jay, who joined us in January, has been working diligently. His main priority since he came on staff, uh, and he's working with our staff, and we're going to be meeting again this week, and he's given me about a six-month six-month plan of how we're going to be doing all of this. We're going to be rolling out in our church the most robust and comprehensive ministry structure in the history of our church, seeking to give everyone places to connect and to serve. We're going to need probably three or four or five dozen lay leaders and staff leaders that would say, I'll take that area and help to lead that. And, and, and going from what at one point, really our ministry structure before COVID to connect, there were other ways, but the weekly way was through seven or eight adult connection groups. And, and what you're going to be hearing about a lot in the coming months, we'll be talking about our connection groups and service teams. You're going to hear a lot about groups and teams, our how in connecting through the gospel are going to be through groups and teams. And these are, we want these to be places of community, of growth, of service, of prayer, of accountability, of laughter, of connection, of relationships, of outreach. And again, before we had seven or eight adult connection groups at nine o'clock on Sunday morning, my prayer is that throughout the week, that number will at least double or triple 
And in addition, if you're, if you're serving in a group right now, Brother Javen, you're, a, you're an usher, you're back there in your spot greeting folks. Here's the reality. Javen comes and he, he serves as an usher every service and stands there and it's a blessing and then he leaves and that's his area of service. But what we wanna do is we wanna make the, just like you had connection groups where you're studying the Bible together, the ushers are a service team and there is a lay or staff leader that's over that. And if there's an usher in the hospital, the ushers have a group thread and they're praying for that person and they're dropping off a meal at that and they might have a Bible study together. And it's not just if I have my, if I work in the nursery, well, that's my, my monthly exile to purgatory. The first Sunday of every month I serve in the nursery. No, we want that to be a, a community, a group of, of ladies that with a leader there, they're connecting, they're praying, they're, 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 they're rejoicing, they're finding out what's happening. And Lord willing, there's, there are gonna be 30, 40, 50 groups and teams. What, and you're gonna hear me talk a lot about are, are you what, challenging you, what group are you a part of or what team or both? There might be some that are going to a Bible study and they're serving in the choir and the choir isn't just a place you come, sing together for 15 minutes and go back and you don't see each other again. No, you're gathering together and you're growing in community. Doc, Doc Melton, you've done that with your choir. There's a great community in that choir, that choir you've led and choirs that you've led at college and the chorale that you lead. And it's more than just people showing up to sing for five or 10 minutes. There's a family there. That's what the church is supposed to look like. Now, whether or not the church ever does that, you have a personal responsibility to connect with people through the gospel, to care for people, to love people, to help, to drop off groceries, to whatever, to serve, to pray. But from a church perspective, we want to do more than we've ever done before to help you connect through the gospel. And so some of you, you're going to be getting phone calls and emails about, would you help us lead this group and lead this? And there's going to be training and it's, it's going to be a, an intensive process because this is going to be a new structure for us. But if we do it, I believe a year from now, we're going to look back and we're going to have deeper community and relationships and a stronger church than we've ever had before. Why are we doing that? Why? Because our purpose is to connect through the gospel. And we want to see that in the music ministry, the children's ministry, the youth ministry, the adult ministry, the bus ministry, the nursery ministry, benevolence ministry, maintenance ministry, and it goes on and on. It's not just this task that I have to come do for an hour. It's a group of people that I love and serve together with. The parking lot ministry and the, all of those things, these are not, no longer just kind of, kind of stations that I stand out for an hour or serve at for an hour or two. These are, this is a team that I'm a part of and I'm growing with. That is, I believe, what God wants and then fourthly, lastly, live the gospel. I just preached this two weeks ago, so I don't need to spend a lot of time on this, but what's our process? What's our how? I think you should ask yourself, are you serving weekly and are you giving generously? That is really the picture of the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave. The Son of Man came not to serve, but I'm sorry, to be served, but to serve. Came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. What does the gospel do? It, what should it do in our lives? It should lead us to serve regularly and to give generously. And I'm not just talking about finances here. Oh, there it goes again. The pastor's always talking about money. No, and, and by the way, it's nothing wrong if a pastor talks about money. The Bible has much to speak about money. Stewardship is a very vital Christian principle and doctrine for us to understand. But it's not just about finances. It's a spirit of, I have this gift. I have this time. I have this talent. I have this treasure. I have this resource. How can I use it to give, to live, to show the love of Christ to others? That's living the gospel. And so I want us to take inventory this morning. 
I want us to ask ourselves, how are we living the gospel? How are we serving weekly? I'm praying that, that once we get this, this sound system done and the new choir loft built, I'm praying we'll have the largest choir we've ever had. What is that people, more people than ever, serving weekly with their God-given gift of, of their voice and, and the largest instruments and band or orchestra that we've ever had. And, and again, the music and all of these areas, children's and, and youth and bus, and, and all of us asking, where can we plug in and take what we've received and share it with others? So we understand our why. And I don't think, now if you disagree with me, you can tell me in the lobby or you can keep it to yourself and let me, let me just live in ignorance that everybody agrees with our why. I don't think many of us disagree with the why, the purpose. Share, grow, connect, live. But if we don't put any feet to that, it's just like me telling you, I want to run a marathon this year. Not happening. And well, it's our church sharing the gospel. Here's where it needs to go. We all need to take inventory. How am I doing Sharing, growing, connecting, living. And here's my challenge to you this morning. Would you think through one specific action in your life, one how to get you closer to your why? God, do I need to be a better personal witness? I'm gonna get some tracks this week and I'm gonna commit everywhere I go, I'm gonna pass a track. I'm gonna post daily something that shares the love of Christ on my social media. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get involved in, in the next time the church has an outreach event, I'm going to be there to go canvassing. I'm going to be a part of the corporate outreach. I'm going to start giving weekly to missions or monthly to missions or whatever it might be. I, I want to do more for my why, my why of share the gospel. And here, God, is how I'm going to do it. Or maybe it's growing in the gospel. You know what, God? For three months, I'm gonna, if my schedule allows, I'm going to try to come to the Sunday night or the Wednesday night Bible study. I'm going to try to, to get a little more plugged into the, the growth opportunities of the life of this church. Or maybe it's Connect and, and those groups and those teams, and I'm, going to, I'm not going to sit on the sidelines. I'm going to try a man that has friends. I'm going to show him so friendly. I'm going to try to connect and then live. How am I serving and how am I giving? I don't know if or where God spoke to you. I know he spoke to me. There are two specific areas he spoke to me about in here that I really need to do a better job with. Would you take at least one? And don't just leave and just keep doing the same thing. No, I understand more clearly. It's been, it's been, it's been uh, delineated. I understand more clearly our why. And now I've seen, here are some hows that I can get there. I'm gonna go buy the running shoes this week. I'm gonna get the gym membership this week. Whatever that means, that analogy to the spiritual life, I'm gonna make that change this week. Only one life. So soon twill be passed. You've heard it before, many of you. Only what's done for Christ will last. If that's true, if that's true, how are you doing accomplishing your why? And what needs to change? I want you to ask yourself, how am I going to accomplish my why? What needs to change for me in those four areas? And don't try to change it all this week. If I want to run a marathon, I don't need to go do all of it this week. I'm going to run three hours on the treadmill tomorrow. If I, if I say I'm going to run a marathon and I try to do it all by next Saturday, there's only one of two things going to happen. One, either I'm going to quit. Two, I'm going to die. It's only two possibilities. If I tell you I'm running a marathon next Saturday, you can be guaranteed one of two things is happening. I die or I quit. There's no way I finish that marathon. Why? It's going to be a process. But this week, I can go out and make some steps. No, I'm not going to, but I could if I wanted to, <laughs> toward running a marathon. Okay? You don't have to, oh man, 
that convicted me, and I got to do better with being a witness, and I got to do more for missions, and I got to I got to cre- create more relationships, and I got to share the gospel more, and I, I'm going to get involved in the choir and the bus ministry and the nursery and the youth ministry and the adult ministry, and I, and I'm going to start giving more of my money, and I'm going to start serving more. Guess what's going to happen if you try to do all of that this week or this month? You're going to die or you're going to quit. Now take a piece, and let's all of us grow in the next step of our how to get to our why. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.